You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible, and welcome to our Week 11 postgame show. The Bears just fell to the L.A. Rams by the final score of 17-7 to in a game that I would classify as a game that was lost due to missed opportunities. I'm your host, Will DeWitt. Here with me is my co-host, the one, the only, Mr. Nicholas Moriano. Nick, you hanging in there, man? Yeah, well, I guess... Uh... I guess so. The Bears' season is officially over. That will basically put them out of. Not that the playoffs were a realistic, um, you know, thing that they could get to, but now it's officially done with this, you know, pitiful loss to the Los Angeles Rams. But hey, we're used to this now. The offense didn't show up, and we'll, we'll talk about it. But yeah, I'm hanging in there. Yeah. Well, real quick before we get into all the hoopla that was this Bears game, I do want to let you know that if you want to go to the Bears-Chiefs game, we want to go with you, or we want you to actually come with us. Uh, We have some seats in Section 117, Row 12, and like I said, we'd like you to join us. So if this sounds interesting to you, uh, make sure to join our raffle. Head on over to chicagoaudible.com slash raffle to enter. Tickets are $5 each, or you can get five tickets for $20, or 10 tickets for $40. So definitely enter that raffle. We'd love you to join us at that Bears-Chiefs game here in Week 16. But let's go ahead and enter the first quarter of our post-play game show and begin with my monster moment of the game. And Nick... I don't have many moments here to choose from, Uh, so I'm going with the Trubisky to Tariq Cohen. Wheel route touchdown in the third quarter, made it a three-point game. It was a third and ten, a very nice ball by Trubisky. It's a play that they've ran a lot this year. We saw it in training camp. It was the first time we actually saw it work. So for me, my monster moment is going to be that touchdown because, like I said, it was the only time uh, it was a three-point game, and it's the only time I felt hope in this game uh, right after that score. And then immediately afterwards, the offense took all the steps backwards yet again. And there were some bright spots on defense, but the offense didn't capitalize them, hence why this one's going to be my monster moment. But, Nick, I'm going to hand it over to you for your Moriano Minute. Yeah, Moriano Minute, minute sorry, um, is that Eddie Pinheiro... Again, two opportunities, 47-yarder, 48-yarder, the 48-yarder being his first field goal attempt, just completely missing it. And that's after, you know, an opening drive for the Bears where they're actually moving the ball. And then I think it was the second consecutive drive where they're able to just at least gain some positive yardage, which we haven't seen for the most part all season from a Bears offense. But then you go and have these misses, one far right, one far left, so it's inconsistent of how Eddie Pinero's missing. And I don't know if you saw the video. I think you actually retweeted it earlier, uh, Will, with uh, what the Bears special teams unit were doing a couple days ago. Instead of actually practicing, they were having fun. And Matt Nagy, of course, has said, you know, you should have fun this season. Well, you can't have fun when you are a me- not even a mediocre team, a-, a bad football team with a unit that's been struggling that much all season it's just it's when you do stuff like that and especially when you don't perform 
those are the kind of things that can just rip you apart. But again, it goes back to Eddie Pinero, and I could have gone the offense. We'll, we'll rip them in a little bit here, but I wanted <laughs> to go to that to start off because, again, that's still a position the Bears still have to go and find somebody that actually can make those field goals. Yeah, uh, I think he's three of his last seven now uh, kicking those field goals. So, yeah, like you said, Nick, maybe focus a little bit more on uh, practicing those kicks instead of doing funny videos on TikTok. Uh, I mean, I don't know what more to say there. It's, I saw that video earlier, uh, like in the week, and I was like, okay, fine. Let's see what happens on Sunday. And then you miss those two. And like, okay, now I'm pissed off because obviously uh, you're not focusing to the same degree that you should be. So, yeah. Uh, just like you, a little irritated by that. But real quickly, Midway Mulligan, you have so much to choose from here, Nick. So many moments you can just take away from this game. What would it be? Jeez, man. I mean, because there's so many options, like, I think it just kind of makes it tough to. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill request to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Uh, to choose from, but you know what? And this one maybe is a little bit on the uh, maybe not as uh, impactful one, but I was just so alarmed at when the Bears ran a third and one option route option run to the short side of the field when that happened I just didn't understand what what that was for why Matt Nagy always gets cute when it comes to these short yard situations again there's a lot of other ones that maybe were more impactful but like that was just that was just stupid to be completely honest like I'm lack of better words that was just a dumb play call yes it wasn't executed right but even if it was that play was going nowhere I just don't see why you just don't go I formation heavy package running up the middle even though the Bears were really struggling to gain yardage up the middle regardless of the package that they were in but that's just a a better route to go than having an option play that we don't see very often go into the short field knowing that it's probably not going to work regardless if you even execute it properly cuz the bears for you know for god's sake they can't run a lot of things right so yeah that one i just i just couldn't stand when they ran it and i still don't understand you know as i'm talking about it right now why that was a good idea in Matt Nagy's head yeah you're running the pistol Dave Montgomery's like 10 yards deep in the backfield and you only need to go 1 yard it didn't make any sense, and even though they were struggling, the Rams' defense is getting penetration in a heartbeat all game long. So whenever you have that much extra room for them to, you know, close down the angle and make a play in the backfield, you're just limiting your chance of success. So that's a really good one to take away. If I had to choose, I just went throw my two cents. Maybe the Kyle Fuller dropped interception that could have changed the entire uh, way this game kind of went. And an easy one would be the two missed field goals as well but I like the way you think there Nick Uh, looking at me for the stat of the game uh, just like the midway mulligan you can look at the two missed field goals but for me I'm looking at the number three and that is the amount of plays in a red zone the Bears had the ball for 74 plays in this game only three of which 
were ran in the red zone. That's 4% of all their plays were only uh, only 4% were in the red zone. Only one red zone trip. And as much as we're disgruntled with Peter Nero missing those kicks, the offense, too, had a hard time passing that 30-yard line for the majority of this game, early on, especially in this game. And, of course, the issues in the second half as well. But three out of 74 plays is all you can get in the red zone. That's pathetic. It really is. But speaking of things that are pathetic, let's try to find a positive here real quick. MVB, who would be your MVB for this game, Nick? Yeah, I have to go with Roquan Smith. I thought he played lights out tonight, just very aggressive downhill. Obviously got that you know interception where I forget who he runs into uh, towards that right sideline, but Roquan Smith was everywhere. And if they didn't have him because – Really, that Rams offensive line was able it really to start the game off pushing that Bears front, but Roquan Smith was there to just clean up a lot of the tackles, getting in on key third downs, even with Eddie Jackson. But when you have 11 total tackles, seven of them are total, one tackle for loss and an interception, you're, you're filling up the stat sheet, and Roquan Smith really had a good game. And again, there were times this season where you're wondering, where's Roquan at? Well, this is a game where he really showed up but still, obviously, it wasn't enough to you know keep the Rams from just 17 points. That's all they scored. Not a lot, but Roquan Smith really did have a good game tonight. I'm just gonna second you, Roquan. Uh, you know, with Danny Trevathan going out, he's been stepping up. And for someone who had about a month, a month and a half, where we were questioning what's going on with him, he's starting to return to form and really take some steps in the right direction. You look at the interception. You look at him, how aggressive he was near and around and behind the line of scrimmage as well. I think there's one point where he had over 25% of all the tackles on defense. I think the Rams at one point had 28 plays, and he had eight tackles on those 28 plays, plus the interception, just to show you a little bit of the impact that Roquan Smith was having in this game. But up next, we're going to talk about and get into all the struggles that is the Chicago Bears offense. But first, I do need to call a quick timeout to tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It's as if they're so big they can just get away with not caring about the customer experience. With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. So why is SeatGeek better than the rest? Well, really, a quick look at the App Store shows that over 50,000 five-star reviews. Now, how's that for customer satisfaction? SeatGeek breaks down the details. The green dots are the good deals, and the red dots are those that are just simply overpriced. And every purchase on SeatGeek, it's fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. Of course, we have the SeatGeek apps on our phone. By far the easiest and fastest way that we've been able to shop for tickets. SeatGeek is what we use to purchase those Bears Chiefs tickets for December 22nd. Uh, week 16 game against the Chiefs, like I said, again, that we're hoping that you get to join us with. And if you're looking just to go to any other Bears game or any other event, definitely check out SeatGeek because they will even give you $10 off your first purchase. And all you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today. Use promo code BEARS for $10 off your first purchase. That promo code again is BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $10 off your first purchase on SeatGeek. All righty, you're listening to Chicago Audible. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. We're entering the second quarter of this postgame show, and it's time to talk about the Chicago Bears offense. And Nick, I want to start with coaching, and there's a lot that we can get into for this game. Uh, but when you're looking at both head coaches, Sean McVay, 
he changes his game plan drastically due to the to all the injuries and all the changes with his offensive personnel. Matt Nagy, stubborn, still doesn't want to change his offense, wants his players to play the system that he wants. Is that probably the biggest problem you saw from today or one of? Yeah, I think it's just one of the many problems you saw for the offense tonight. Uh, certain individual players not making plays that they've been making all season. Allen Robinson with a couple of drop passes. But I think a big thing that you mentioned there, Will, with Matt Nagy not adjusting. Look, Sean McVay was without his two top wide receivers, two offensive linemen, putting in a bunch of guys with inexperience there and really utilizing Todd Gurley, something that he hasn't been doing much this season but guess what? It worked for for the, the Rams offense, even though they really did struggle struggle in that second half, right? But at least he made those adjustments. For Matt Nagy, there really wasn't much of anything there. And look, had Eddie Pinheiro made those field goals, it looks a little bit better on them. They're able to march the football down the field. But look, that didn't happen. That's the thing. So it is a part of that. It's part of also just, again, those strange play calls on third down and also not getting enough yards on – uh, first and second down, you look at a couple of series, there's third and 10, there's a third and seven, there's, you know, fourth and nine, like a third and nine. There's these situations that the bears are putting themselves in because they're not able to get enough yards on first and second down. So again, it's just what we've been seeing all season really from the bears, but yeah, I will definitely say it's still a part of it. Matt Nagy wants to run his system. Doesn't matter what, uh, you know, we think he should do or what it seems obvious for him to do. He's going to run his system and that's going to, Either it's going to work for him, which it hasn't, or he's going to not be here very much longer because it clearly isn't working. Yeah, no, it clearly isn't. Uh, speaking of not working, the Bears ran 41 plays. He got 151 yards, zero points in that first half. And I just want to point out that that's the third time this year now that the Bears had a scoreless first half. Uh, if you want to look at John Fox, that happened four times in Fox's three seasons with Matt Nagy's innovative offense. It's happened three times this year alone. Uh, but it didn't, it didn't start off bad. Uh, the Bears came out early with some good tempo. They got some first downs, moving the ball, and then it just kind of fell apart. Are you as confused as I am why they kind of went away with what was working early on? Yeah, I think so. And maybe, again, that could be credit to uh, the Rams actually adjusting and just making it uh, a little bit more difficult. But we didn't also see a lot of David Montgomery at times throughout the game. And again, could be due to the ankle injury and the pairs weren't really picking up a lot of yards on the ground. But yeah, it is strange that what was working just kind of went out the window which we've seen Matt Nagy abandon certain things at certain times throughout the course of a game whether it is the running uh, rushing attack or maybe it's just uh, the quick throws well actually Matt Nagy loves calling the quick throws when they don't gain much yardage but yeah it's not something that's really I guess drastically different from what Matt Nagy has done this season because he has been very inconsistent as a play caller in 2019 but yeah, it's just another thing that you kind of think about with this Bears offense, why they just cannot get anything going this season. There are some things I liked. I liked how they were trying to use uh, Trubisky's mobility a little bit more than we've seen him do so far this season, tailoring things to Trubisky's strengths. And I thought that number 10, he wasn't really the biggest problem that we have tonight. And there's been games where we've came on here and we've been pretty blunt that he was holding this team back. And I think today... It wasn't his best game that we've ever seen out of a pro, but he wasn't getting any help. Uh, countless drop passes, offensive line, given I know what they're going up against, was, you know, constantly. Finally. 
a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Only putting him under duress, and like you said, some of the play calls in general, too, uh, weren't really all that great. And then you're looking at that one play specifically when Trubisky's trying to make a play. He's scrambling, he's dancing, he's dodging, and all of his receivers are stopped. No one's trying to break free. No one's trying to dart down the field. And those are things that you see uh, when quarterbacks make those impromptu plays down the field when you know those pr- plays break. It's because wide receivers have the wherewithal to go and try to shake free their man. They didn't do that on that play specifically. So when I'm looking at this game, I don't really place all of the blame on 10, probably not even most of the blame on him in this game. But yet he was benched and apparently – it's a hip injury, and I think you and I, before we went live, both called a little BS on that one, uh, but what's your take here? Chase Daniel get thrust in. I mean, the game's pretty much over, but technically speaking, you could have still won this game. You'd march down the field to get a touchdown. you do the onside to kick, and that all song and dance, but what's your take here with Chase Daniel being uh, thrust in, and then, you know, of course, we saw that, uh, to me, what looked like an emotional conversation between Nagy and Trubisky on the sidelines, too. Oh, absolutely. And you can just see what we were seeing from the television broadcast. Just even Trubisky's reactions. There were teammates that kind of came up to him, were patting him on the shoulder, just straight face. There was obviously something was said. And you could tell that Trubisky was, lack of better words, pissed off at the decision. But I don't know if this is just Matt Nagy waving the white flag for this game. Or can you even come back from this? You're benching, you know, you're your starting quarterback who was obviously struggled all season. And this could have been, you know, a moment where you try to maybe get, you know, not, not they're going to make a comeback, but in a certain what under four minute situation where you can try to do something with the ball. They didn't even do that. Um, it's, it was interesting to see that you just go with Chase Daniel. Maybe the reason is because he can provide a spark for the offense. However, which way you look at it, it doesn't look good. And whatever is going to be said in this press conference, I actually have one headphone listening to you, Will, one headphone listening to my phone to listen to this press conference because I'm curious. I'm curious to see what Matt Nagy's decision was. Mitch is also going to talk to the media after the game, but that that could have – I don't know if that's it. Maybe they just gave up on Mitch Trubisky. And like you said, I didn't think he was the biggest problem tonight. He really wasn't. It was a lot of other things that played a factor. Yes, he had some bad throws, bad decisions, but he was not the biggest problem. We've seen games before in the past where you thought, yank him. He's not helping the offense right now. He's clearly not seeing the field. I didn't think that was really the case tonight, but yet they did it anyway. So I'm really curious to see what they say about this decision. BS, it's a hip injury. I don't I don't even remember when he got hurt, but they'll all ex- well, maybe they'll explain it. They've been they sugarcoating won't. everything this season. So we're gonna hear something. It'll be like, oh, we just won whatever it may be with Matt Nagy's BS. So yeah, well I guess we'll we'll hear his, you know, somewhat of an answer. We'll hear his excuse. How about that? There you go. That's a good word for it too. <laughs> uh but Matt Nagy, okay. So we talked a little bit about the Trubisky benching, which I'm on the same alignment. I'm starting to wonder if he is, quote, giving up on Mitch just a little bit as well. What do you think? Actually, real quick on the spot, do you think Nagy's giving up on Mitch? 
I don't think so. I doubt okay. it. I I doubt it's like complete giving up. I mean, they've given so much towards him, and in this game, I doubt it because he again, I didn't think he was the main reason they lost this game. Yes, the offense couldn't get more than uh, seven points, but still, I don't think that was the main reason they lost was because of his play. Okay, so Matt Nagy, there are a few other things that kind of stick in my craw after this game. Uh, one. Uh, it was the what the fourth down where they could have gained those five yards and you would have been a half yard short. Uh, and again, you can potentially draw them off sides uh, going forward so early on fourth down, but then later in the game when you're still in the game and you have an opportunity to continue a drive, you end up just punting and not even trying to go with anything uh, when you're on the other side of the 50. I think the surrender index on that was like in the 96th uh, percentile and like cowardness, uh, just to put that in perspective. I saw that Adam Hogue uh, retweeted that one. But I don't know. Is Matt Nagy really becoming uh, timid uh, in your mind? Like I know we've been talking about it as a theme, but I think this game to me solidified that he has lost – all of the aggressiveness and all the confidence that he had a year ago. Like it's completely out the window. Yeah. I don't even know if it was really much there this entire season when you really think about it, because you know, it takes a certain type of mentality, even put like defensive players on an offensive play, right? There's this creativeness, this aggressiveness, this mindset to want to, you know, do something that's different. You haven't even seen that this season. And when you have opportunities like that to not even put your offense out there when they do get that, uh, you know, running into the kicker penalty, running into the kicker penalty where you can at least draw them off sides, like let your quarterback go in one of those situations, even in the first place, they don't even try that. They don't do it whatsoever. There's not even a second thought in Matt Nagy's head. So yeah, this aggressive mentality that he supposedly is, you know, brought to Chicago it's non-existent. It's not there. He can't even call plays right. He's supposed to, you know, evolutionize this offense. That clearly hasn't happened. So, yeah, whatever was advertised with Matt Nagy has all been a lie. Just like every single time he stepped in front of the podium to spit out whatever words he wants to, you know, talk about with whatever the excuses. Again, great word there, Will. What he, what was the reason why the Bears couldn't do anything on offense? So, yeah, I don't I – don't, that – aggressive mentality haven't seen it all season doubt we'll see it for the rest of 2019 i think i said it weeks ago i probably said it about six or so weeks ago and i'm gonna say it again matt nagy needs to hand over play calling he does like look in the mirror understand you're not getting the job done you want to provide this offensive spark let's give someone that responsibility and see what they can do I don't know how it can get any worse than what we've been seeing right now. So, God forbid, you know, give it up, hand it over to Mark Helfrich, and see what happens. And again, at this point in the season, why the hell not? I mean, honestly, there's no reason why you don't do it. There's nothing really to play for in terms of playoff contention. So, you may as well see if Mark Helfrich can salvage this offense before, you know, if it plays like it has been for the rest of the year. They're going to have to blow it up and start over, like completely. So maybe Helfrich can come in, change it up a little bit, and save some of these players from potentially going to different teams and having to bring in a whole new system and all of that down the road. But right now, there's just no way that Nagy's going to be able to get it done. I have no faith in that whatsoever. Uh, getting back to specifically this game, I know we have a lot of big picture stuff to talk about here, but getting back to this game specifically, Allen Robinson, Nick, uh, he was taken out completely. Uh, Jalen Ramsey did what you feared on Thursday, which was taking out Allen Robinson to the game plan. How much do you think that kind of impacted this Bears offense? Obviously, when you're the leading receiver 
and your opposing team could take them away, that has an impact, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Will, before I address Allen Robinson, sure. Matt Nagy's speaking right now. So he said it was, in fact, a hip injury that really put him out. And he said he actually sustained it a couple of series prior to that, and they were monitoring him. This is mm -hmm. Matt Nagy's words paraphrased here that that's the reason why they were kind of watching over what Matt or what Mitch was doing. So they decided best case to take him out. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's what he's saying right now. Definitely go re, uh, re listen to this, but yeah, we knew coming into this game that if Allen Robinson was taking out of the equation for this offense, it wasn't going to be a good thing for the Bears offense. And Jalen Ramsey, for the most part, shadowing Allen Robinson, winning those one-on-one -on -one matchups gets slammed to the ground when he's, uh, Allen Robinson tries to jump in the air and gets, you know, thrown down by Jalen Ramsey. That's where I kind of knew that that one-on-one -on -one matchup, even though Robinson, clearly a, a great receiver in this league, wasn't going to have a good night. Right when he got slammed by his former teammate, Jalen Ramsey, on that sideline, it came, you know, came true basically because Allen Robinson didn't do much in this one. Um, the best way the Bears were able to give him the ball was when Robinson was off the line of scrimmage, maybe even in the backfield next to Trubisky, but there wasn't much success for Allen Robinson. Thus, there wasn't much success for this Bears offense. So it's just really bad on all facets from the wide receivers to uh, just kind of transition to the next guy. Taylor Gabriel was targeted a lot in this game, but he also had some big-time drops too and mm -hmm. some key, key downs. So you just can't have those, especially as an offense where you've struggled mightily to gain positive yards when there's guaranteed ones or not guaranteed but looks like they're they're catchable balls you have to make those so again the like i said earlier in the podcast individual guys did not show up and when you have that on a bad offense it's not going to make it much better that's for sure what's your take on anthony miller's game six catches 54 yards uh, nine yards per catch uh, i thought you know he came in on some crucial situations and had some pretty decent uh, plays today again he's been someone who's been mostly limited in his career in terms of overall production uh, specifically this season as well and he's starting to stack together a couple of games here yeah he is um it was nice to see him be actually kind you know somewhat productive in this one I didn't like after the interception and again there's offensive pass interference he Tries to get the ball up. It wasn't the most accurate pass. It definitely wasn't the most accurate pass from Trubisky. But he's talking right after the play is over with. It's like you, there's a time and place for everything. There really is. And I know that's who Anthony Miller is as a person. That's what his emotions are. But look, that play most likely happens because you're maybe overextending, trying to get that that uh, that coverage off of you, not getting your hand up in time. Then an interception happens. But then you decide to talk smack. Come on. But it is, I guess, you know, on the other side, I think it is good to see that he's being somewhat more productive now in this offense. But, again, he's gaining yards, and the Bears still only score seven points on the night. So it doesn't even really matter who's getting more productive, who's getting more yards, because it's not equating to points, and that's the most important thing here. Yeah, exactly. Anything else that you want to talk about in terms of this Bears offense? I, obviously, they weren't able to establish a run. We kind of envisioned that going in. That wasn't unexpected uh, just due to the Bears' offensive line going up against uh, that Rams defense that entered the week, allowing the NFL's second-least yards per carry at 3.3. I knew nothing easy uh, was going to happen, and just how bad the Bears have been in that regard, that wasn't a surprise. But anything else that you want to make sure we have a moment to hit on? No, not really. I mean, in terms like we knew it was going to be a struggle running the football against this Rams front. They have a lot of playmakers out there. Um 
the I just did not expect the wide receivers to you know play a factor into this game where they weren't making plays like just having those secure catches. But then again, the Bears I think have the most drops this season out of any other team in the NFL right now. Completely the exact opposite of last season where they had I think one of the least percentage wise mm-hmm. amount of drops. So. That's how you can also factor into why this offense is so darn bad. A thing that was something, a a strength of the Bears last season, not having a lot of drop passes, is now just one of many other things that's keeping this Bears offense from making progress in the right direction. But yeah, again, we saw a crappy offense for, it seems like, every every single game now. But yeah, nothing new, though, to Bears fans, uh, to say the least, which is unfortunate. Very unfortunate indeed, but all right, let's go ahead and call to wrap on the offense and enter the third quarter of the show and kind of take a look at that Bears defense, which just like the offense, uh, well, kind of, the offense moved the ball early, so that was hot, but the defense had a pretty hot start. Two turnovers on the first two drives. Roquan Smith with the interception and, of course, Eddie Jackson coming in and ripping that ball away from Todd Gurley. Very unfortunate the Bears going to get any points off those turnovers, but we already kind of hit on that. Uh, were you as excited as I was to see the defense kind of come out of the gate swinging? Yeah, it was. I mean, seeing those, the obviously the very first play of the game for Todd Gurley with that run is a fumble, and it just seemed like, oh, man, maybe the Bears can capitalize. Obviously, we just talked about the offense being as bad as it was. They didn't. Um, but it was nice to see that from this Bears defense, those those turnovers that they were creating. And, um, yeah, that, it's great to see. But when I look at, and I don't know, well, if you have the, the just the stat sheet in front of you, uh, every single player who's making plays on there, there's a big name that's not on this defensive stat sheet. And it seems like he hasn't been making many plays for the last, what, six five weeks? weeks? Five, six weeks? Mm-hmm. Khalil Mack is starting to – he's starting to piss me off. I'm not going to be – I'm going to be really upfront about this. This was a Rams offensive line that was reconstructed this week. There's no reason whatsoever a player like him doesn't impact the game just with more of an impact than what he did tonight. Yes, I know, double team, triple Yes, it's going to happen. They're going to run plays the opposite way of you. But come on. This was an opportunity for him to really show out in prime time. He didn't do that. Again, he didn't have a game where he was impactful, making a difference. So that's that's a problem. You're paying him the most money out of any defensive player in the league. And yes, I know he he got at a disadvantage because he goes up against other people. I saw tight ends giving him the work one on one, not allowing Mac to win those matchups. He needs to win those matchups. Whenever he gets a one on one, he needs to win that. And he's not even on the stat sheet tonight. So not to say they didn't make some plays. He he did, but this is a Rams offensive line that he should have had a way bigger game. Um, but yeah, that's again another one of the problems here. Cleo Mack was such a force last year, and for the first four games this season, gone. Not he's not a factor. Not as big of a factor, I should say, that he was in his first season with the Bears. Yeah. Again, like you said, he's not even in the box score. And so he was completely taken out of this game. And finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Temper Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. 
Get full offer details at Tempurpedic.com. The Rams had three guys that had a combined four NFL starts on the center to the right side. Uh, and again, uh, you saw a tight end handling Mac. I'm pretty sure I saw Cooper Cup in there doing the same thing off and on as well, which that's not right. That's not what Khalil <laughs> Mack is supposed to not do. He's supposed to be able to win those situations. And, you know, you saw him and they showed on the replays where he's taking like the long paths to kind of get him there. And I guess don't do that again because it didn't work. You're always eight steps behind when you're trying that. You need to find a way to win with some inside moves. And, uh, yeah, Khalil Mack, his absence is starting to really weigh on, you know, just like you on me. Uh, I would say I'm uh, just like you, a little irritated with that as well. And there were games where we can say, okay, he had a couple of tackles, but he impacted a play here and there in other ways. This one of the games where, again, I'll rewatch it throughout the week, but right now I can't think of any off the top of my head, can you, that he actually made an impact, like a big impact by like moving a play away that helps someone else make a play? I haven't seen that. There was one where actually he's not rushing the passer. He's kind of disrupting the slot receiver, jamming him at the line of scrimmage, and he's like in the vicinity of almost getting an interception. He's just there. Um, but yeah, there wasn't very much of him. And I and I know like there are people in the comments right now. Yeah, Mac, uh, he's not Superman. Blah blah blah. Like yeah, you're right. He's not, but he's pretty damn close to it. So he should be able to make these plays, and he's just not. But. It, it, there was a good point in there. He's he's not the big he's the least of the Bears' problems right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do agree with that. But you just expect more from a guy like Khalil Mack. Let's we're being honest here. We all expect more from a guy that is you know arguably top two defensive player in the game right now. But he just hasn't shown it consistently, especially these past you know couple of weeks now. Now, of course, he's getting double teamed. People are paying attention to him, but it's another week where no one else up front is helping him out. And that's still another big problem because if someone like a Roy Robertson Harris or a Bilal Nichols, a Nick Williams can have Leonard Floyd on the other end as well, may as well throw him into the ring here real quick. If someone else can just have some sort of consistent disruption or at least enough to make teams worry about him, that would open up things for Khalil as well, and that's still not happening. Uh, what's your take on the Bears' defensive line? Because obviously we're a little upset about Mack and his inability to take advantage of that Rams makeshift offensive line, but the Bears' defensive line as a whole weren't, wasn't able to even take advantage of that, uh, which, which should have been a huge advantage for the Bears in this game. And uh, the Rams found a way to run it for over 100 yards, which I didn't really think was going to be possible. I think it's on Thursday I said, you know, 50, 60 would be about my max where they should be able to do this because they haven't been running the ball well, and they found a way to get it done. So what's your take on the Bears' DL? Yeah, it's uh, it's an issue for sure, Will, because a lot of those guys are not not stepping up, and we saw that earlier in the season where Roy Robinson-Harris, um, uh, Nick Williams were just making impactful plays they're just not doing that right now, and especially a guy like Leonard Floyd. He is what he is at this at, at this stage in his career. He will have some games where he'll have good games against the Packers and then go non-existent and then wait for that second matchup with the Packers every season to make impactful plays, but not enough guys are getting towards the quarterback. And this is a matchup tonight, Jared Goff, where if you got pressure on him, 
that is going to disrupt so a lot of the things that the Rams love to do because he's not a mobile guy, and we all know how that matchup went the first time these two teams played last year. But they weren't able to get consistent pressure. He had time behind that offensive line that was constructed earlier in the week, and that's unacceptable. I don't care if you're missing it, Keem Hicks. you got to find ways to bring pressure. You didn't see any nickel blitzes. Sometimes you saw Pagano bring you know some of the inside linebackers, but – it wasn't enough in this one. Not nope. enough pressure from the front seven whatsoever. Obviously, we didn't see it from Mac or Floyd, but there's got to be other guys that step up. But when you see you take on Nakeem Hicks and mm-hmm. you know Mac's not having the game that he is, then this defense it's not as you know daunting as it once was. Even though they had some of the turnovers this game, and they only gave up 17 points, which in most games would win you stuff, but. They're, this defense is being asked to do a lot. Let's be realistic here, Will. They are they're on the field so much, but there's still at times where you just you expect them to do a little bit more because of you know what they had established last season. The guys they still have this season, but it just hasn't everything hasn't clicked like it did a year ago, and that's why the Bears are what they are right now. Yeah, again, uh, we've talked about it every week that we miss Akeem Hicks, and I think we're missing him more and more as this season kind of wears on. But, I mean, the lack of pass rush to me was huge today. Uh, One quarterback hit, just one, which was uh, from Leonard Floyd. No sacks, just one quarterback hit. Goff had all day to throw. A lot of it did stem from their ability to establish a run and then utilize play action, of course, but... Yeah, still, the lack of pass rush, despite, like you said, trying to do some creative things, and they're still not hitting it, and they had no receivers tonight, and they still found a way to hit those plays. Josh Reynolds stepping up here late in this game. It just really kind of sticks with you because the defense did their part for so long. Offense doesn't get it done. And then, you know, the defense late in the game lets up that score that kind of just puts it out of reach. And you you get mad at the defense, but you have to realize, too, it's 17 points, and the Bears' offense should find a way to score at least that many per game. God forbid they should at least have more than 10 points in this one as well. But uh, Eddie Jackson, uh, do you want to talk about his game? I know he was probably outside of Roquan Smith, the uh, the other standout on defense. Yeah, he had a pretty good game, Just especially when he came in, was asked to fill in that running lane and just was blitzing, you know, right at right the snap of the ball. He got in there a couple of times, and we've seen Eddie Jackson kind of progress as a tackler over his career, but still not. He actually, he did force that, that fumble there, so he is getting in on causing the turnovers, but we haven't seen the interception still, but he did have a good game in terms of, you know, just going in there trying to tackle Todd Gurley and stop them when he was in position to do so. Usually he made the play. So it was great to see that from A. Jackson. Uh can't say that can't say the same about uh, you know, his partner in crime back there, Ha Clint Dix, who, you know, was giving up plays here and there. And, you know, I, I don't think he's he was again a huge, huge problem uh on this defense, but you saw some of those missed opportunities for him. And also Kyle Fuller, too. We know he's a very aggressive guy, loves to jump routes, but that hurt him a little bit today or tonight. Uh, being Thinking that uh, Goff is going to you know throw the shorter out route, he goes right behind him with the corner. It leads to a big play. Had that, what was it, a uh, illegal formation not have happened by the Rams part. Again, a stupid penalty by them. But, again, Kyle Fuller's beat on that deep ball to, uh, what was it, Reynolds. So, again, 
a lot of these guys, individuals like we were talking about, not stepping up like we've seen in the past. Yeah, Buster Screen, uh, mm-hmm. who I labeled as my X Factor, uh, that kind of <laughs> proved to be true. Uh, that fifty yarder to Cup <laughs> at the end of the first half, all that touchdown the next play, uh, some sort of mishap between Jackson and Screen there too. Again, communication in the secondary. It seems like every time they have one of those miscommunications, it's really a big dagger for the Bears. But he did come back, at least with that forced fumble midway through the fourth. Another play that maybe I wish we can have back and maybe recover that fumble. That can change the entire game as well because it's still a one-score game at that point. We would have had the ball in the red zone. But again, uh, this isn't horseshoes and it's not a game of ifs and buts uh so but i just wanted to point that out that that x factor matchup was a pretty big one indeed anything else on this defense nick again they played very very well for the vast majority in this game they allowed todd Gurley to eat him alive early on found a way to adjust and in the second half third quarter they played really well only allowing, I think, one first down in the entire third quarter. I think the Rams had the ball on three different possessions. Uh, But then just, again, that fourth quarter, that one drive that you just don't want to see happen uh, when uh, they allow just a couple of easy plays that leads to six and puts the game, unfortunately, out of reach for this Bears offense. But do you have anything else, any people you want to highlight or any other big-picture stuff? Um, big picture stuff. Not really. I think Nick Wachowski is obviously going to be a, you know, just for the longevity of the season, someone that very often used to seeing on a, you know, game by game basis. I think, you know, for the most part, he did a good job today. He wasn't, uh, the liability that we thought he would be in pass coverage. Again, the Rams didn't have as much success on offense that, um, you know, maybe people were expecting, but Nick Wachowski filled in, made some big plays, one-on-one tackles on Todd Gurley. It's what you can expect from a Nick Krakowski. But other than that, really can't say much for a lot of these defensive players. Not a lot of impact like we've seen over the past couple of weeks. And even though um, they only gave up 17, played a pretty darn good game throughout, there's still those times in the games where you just wish you saw a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. It was the Roquan and Eddie Jackson show, and everyone else has kind of played in behind it today. But let's go ahead Move on forward to the fourth and final quarter of the show. Do we even have to talk on special teams? Not really. I mean, look, we know there's obviously huge question marks at kicker. Um, And, yeah, I mean, there was almost another block punt. The Rams got real close to one of them uh, for, you know, paddle down them. But it's still a Bears special teams. Adam Hogue, uh, WGN reporter loves to tweet that at times and it seems like that's always going to be a thing during bears games bears special teams always coming in and not doing the right thing where do you think uh Nagy's trust is in pinero i think it's about gone well he said they're not looking for any other kicking options in his press conference so it doesn't again, matter he, he's, it, he's given Nagy. up on the season so it doesn't yeah. matter uh no they definitely well, again, who's available? Like, who do you even bring Elliot in? Fry. He's in the XFL. You can bring him back. Yeah, he's um, an option, but the Bears <laughs> are screwed right now. It's like exactly it, 47, 48 yarders. Not the not the easiest, but still, he if he would have like missed them both the same way, maybe that I don't know if I'd feel a little bit better. But he just he was off right, off left, and there there's there inc- he's inconsistent with how he's missing. So. It doesn't even matter. And then his kickoffs are starting to take a downward spiral. He's, he was booting those things early on in the year out of the end zone. 
And now those, he's barely getting them to the goal line. So, yeah, it's just all going bad really quick. And if you want to look at Tariq Cohen, I thought two notes on him. One, I'm thankful he's learning not to fair catch balls inside the 10. Thank God. We've had a few touchbacks today because of that. But then the one that he was supposed to fair catch, he let go, and it turned out to be a 68-yard punt here in, like I think it was the third quarter. So I was like, what are you doing? But that's Tariq Cohen. He's going to give you one of those what-are-you-doing moments at least every game. But anything else on special teams that you want to hit on, or are we good? I think we're good, Will. Cool. I can tell that you're about to crash, so let's go ahead and jump into our two-minute warning. Two-minute warning. Well, well, what's what's today's date here? It's 11-17. The Bears season officially ended. Uh, not that anyone's really realistically thinking that the Bears would make the playoffs, but now looking that you would need at least – looking like at least 11 wins, 11 wins to even make a wild card with the Vikings winning today – um, you have the 49ers that are still in the roll, Seahawks that are on a roll, both the, um, no, just the Cowboys one. So it's like a lot of these teams that you need to lose, end up winning. Denver was up on Minnesota earlier in the, um, uh, you know, the day and they end up blowing it there. So the Bears season is over. What you want to watch out for is well, one is Mitch Trubisky going to be the starting quarterback for next week. Was this just a hip injury or was this something more? There was a lot of frustration in Mitch Trubisky's face as Matt Nagy kind of corralled him with his BU little play sheet and he's talking into his ear. I don't know. It seemed like a weird time that we've seen quarterbacks play with, you know, worse injuries before. And he played a couple, according to Nagy, played a couple of series after that. And I guess he looked all right to me. He wasn't playing as well as he did earlier in the game, but still, at this point in the season, you have everything to lose if you lose this game. Why not have your starting quarterback who you think is a better option finish it out? That's just me. Um, but see what Matt Nagy can do if he's going to lose this locker room because I think they are on the verge, Will. They are have to be on the verge now to where this is just going to blow up because at this point, seven points, another time where the team has failed to score or has had seven or less points at halftime, that's – that's atrocious. That's to be completely honest. You can't keep doing that offensively and expect this defense to continually back you up every single game. So those are the things I'm going to be watching for. Trubisky, is he the guy moving forward for this season at least? Will this locker room just simply implode at any given moment? And I guess if Matt Nagy is competent enough to call an offense that can at least score 10 points by the end of halftime, that'd be great to see. But the season's over. It was a fun ride, but wow, what a disappointment. Was it? Was it? It was a fun ride, I think, leading up to before the season started. That's how yeah. I should have phrased it. But yeah. such a disappointment. My yeah. goodness. They are a very disappointing football team right now. Uh, don't really have much to add compared to what you said. Uh, just really a season to you know forget uh, at this point. We'll see exactly how everything shakes out in terms of uh, did they fight to the finish? Do they just pack it in early like Matt Nagy did with pulling Trubisky? I just had to throw that in, one, in there one more time. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm having a hunch that a lot of us are going to just start the early hibernation, getting waiting for the offseason so we can start rebuilding and retooling this team and re-strategizing. And uh, for those that are going to be sticking here with us between now and all of our podcasts throughout the season i look forward to you know bringing you all this bears coverage like we do you know win or lose we're always going to be here it's just what we do those game shows like this when it's 
uh, past midnight my time. I had a fever earlier in the day, it's, and they lose. I mean, it, it's, it sucks, but sometimes you just know what life is as a Bears fan. Uh, you have a few moments of good stuff and a lot of not-so-great things. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I really do appreciate everyone who tuned in here for this post-game show. I know there's uh, plenty of other things you can do besides uh, you know reflecting more on another Chicago Bears loss. Uh, so, yeah, whether you're on YouTube, Periscope, uh, Facebook Live, or if you're just one of the thousands of podcast listeners around the globe, we really do uh, appreciate each and every one of you from one Bears fan to another. We really do appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week. Don't forget to join our raffle, uh, chicagoaudible.com slash raffle. Hop in there. Join us to go watch the Bears take on the Chiefs here in week 16, section 117, row 12. We have one ticket with your name on it. You'll be right there with Nick and I throughout that entire game. And one last thing, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word. Uh, We're not uh, backed by a huge media entity like most of the other Bears podcasts out there, so definitely help uh, promote us the best you can. We really do appreciate all of you. We'll be back in just a couple of days to begin next week's preview of the New York Giants. But until next time, hang in there. And of course, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. 